another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. We need a fresh wind. We need an outpouring. Paul wants an outpouring. Danny wants to grab hold of a bit of an outpouring. Pour your spirit out. Who knows that's a great prayer to pray? Who knows that's a great heart to have? And uh, it's just, again, always a privilege to be together. And you never take these moments for granted. And no Nadia has, and we have throughout this service. But from wherever you're joining, and the amazing reality is, is for some people who have become part of our life family, they're online every week because the truth of it is, is they, where they're located, they can't get out and they can't go anywhere. And so it's just an honor to have you a part of it and just know that our intent and our heart is that you're receiving just as much as anybody here is receiving. And so uh, we're believing for an outpouring where you are, all right? We're believing for an outpouring. Maybe you're catching this through the week. We're believing for an outpouring. Anybody keen for an outpouring? You're ready for a fresh wind? Awesome. Well, we've been talking and started this conversation last week uh, around refresh, refresh, basically putting back into focus the things that matter. Refresh. And I'm going to jump straight into it because today we're going to have some time towards the end of extended worship and some real, I believe, moments of exchange and encounter with God. But I want to talk about the refreshing power of God, the refreshing power of God. And I'm going to need everybody to be a whole lot more interactive than you are right now. I am not in a library. I have not been in a library for a long time. I have been into the city library because Arne works at the city library. And if you've been past there, you'll notice there's like a 30 metre billboard picture of Arne in the middle of our city. If you don't know Arne, he's one of the legends and he's always rocking it out on the base. And him and his wife, Leanne, with their kids are a great part of church. But I've got nothing against libraries, don't get me wrong. But what I believe what I believe is that we need an encounter and a move of God's power. We need, and I just want to honor everybody just for your personal hunger for God in this season. Your, the reality of worship has never been about singing songs or following lyrics or a leader at the front, but it's been about exchanging and just going after God, giving Him honor where honor is due. But I want to unpack the reality of the anointing of oil and the laying on of hands. The anointing of oil and the laying on of hands because God has gifted us His Holy Spirit who is God, one in three. And you might be here and you might go, oh, I don't know if I'm really that, you know, kind of confident around the things of the Holy Spirit. That's our job is to actually not say my theories, but to unpack God's Word around the Holy Spirit, the the priority of the Holy Spirit, the great privilege that we can know the Holy Spirit and that we can exchange through the anointing of oil and laying on of hands. And I pray that in a moment you're going to feel like, you know what, I want to keep leaning in. And that's okay. We're all on a journey. And if you haven't experienced it, God is tangible. He's personable. And so He wants to meet with you in an increased way. And even if it's your first Sunday, again, whether you're home or you're here, don't don't just say, oh, well, this is obviously for what all they... No, you're here for a reason. It's no accident you arrived today. We love that you're here and we understand that you don't even know my name yet. It's Craig. And uh, I don't know your name yet. That's okay. We can have coffee afterwards. But just lean into what God wants to do. So, Father, we open up our hearts to only you, to your incredible presence. And we open up an expectation for the power of God to move so personally, but also mightily. Lord, pour your spirit out. Pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. Father, we just 
thank you for the incredible gift of Holy Spirit. You did not leave us as orphans, as John 14 says, but you gave us an advocate, a friend, a comforter, a counselor, an empowerer, a commissioner of the Holy Spirit to enable us to live the life you have called us to live. And we thank you that's not a religious obligation, but the greatest relational privilege that we have. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen, Amen. Luke 24, we've got a whole lot of Scripture that we're going to go through, but Luke 24, 49 to 53 in the Amplified says this, Listen carefully, Jesus speaking. I am sending you the promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit, upon you. Upon you. I love that. Upon you. Not just to be upon a service or to be upon a room or upon no, upon you, an individual. You as the person. You as a son and a daughter of God. But you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed, which means fully equipped with power from on high. Then he led them out of... As far as Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken into heaven. As they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, fully understanding that he lives and that he is the Son of God. And they were continually in the temple blessing and praising God. This is the moment the disciples are having after Jesus has left. And then we fast forward to Acts chapter 2. Verses 1 to 4, and it says, And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, doing what they were instructed to do, doing what their heart wanted them to do. And that was worshipping and praising and lifting them up all in one voice. And the sound of a blowing of a violent wind, not a timid little, soft little, oh, you know, just a little like, hi, it's just a little Holy Spirit over here, just hello. No, like of power, of strength, of undeniable portion, right? Came from heaven. And filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I love that. I love that. Stay here because you need to get clothed with power. You need to be equipped before you go out. Now, Nadia, if you were here last week, she talked about the fact that we were in toilet training time with our young son, Ezekiel, who's two. And basically what happens is most mornings is we'll do breakfast and, and the dog gets breakfast at the same time because she stays around Ezekiel and just, is he, it's like one for me, two for you, one for me, two for you. You know, Sky loves it. It's got all through porridge everywhere. Like it's just fun times. He goes and has a bath, loves his bath. And then once he gets out, pretty much he goes back to the Garden of Eden before the fall. And clothes are not his thing. He doesn't want clothes just out. And then we might have a game of table tennis, Zion and I, before he races off to school, have a quick hit. The garage door is opening. And basically he's up on the street. I'm like, easy, stop. You're not clothed. You're not equipped. It's not the garden. If it's in the back garden, go for your life. But you're on the street and there's road workers at the moment and there's diggers everywhere. And so he's up there and he's just the nature. I might come back. You're not equipped to go outside. It's okay for you to be unclothed in the house. But when you go outside, you actually need to be clothed. You need to be clothed. And it says here that the Holy Spirit came and He clothed them with power. Can I just say, the fruits of the Spirit, when people start getting a bit hesitant around the Holy Spirit, you, the Bible says you can trust it and judge things by the fruit of it. So go, what is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, peace, joy, forbearance, kindness, goodness. These are all nice things. 
Nothing, nothing weird about that. Faithfulness, that's a good one. Self-control, who knows? We need more self-control in this day and age. Patience, I could do with more patience every day. There is no fruit called fruit loops or fruit cake. So often people get a little tentative because it's like, oh, but I've seen people, they look like fruit loops when they get the Holy Spirit. They look like fruit cake. No, there's no fruit cake or fruit loops. Right? Just keep your wacky to yourself. Be authentic and genuine. But when Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, when He was moving in power, He was more attractive than ever. He went into the desert, tempted, came out of the desert, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and He spoke and people were amazed. People were not going, who is this weird guy? What planet is He from? No, they were going, wow. Wow. Sometimes we've, even in church, we've allowed our perceptions to be that when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you become unrelatable and unconnectable and people don't really understand. Can I say to you that Jesus showed that when you're full of the Holy Spirit and walking as He leads, aligned to His Word, actually it's the most attractive thing and people who don't understand are more drawn than ever before because what you have is of something of substance that nothing else can substitute. No fruit lips, no fruit cake. And I just want to say as well, another tension in the room could be the fact that we're obviously in the middle of and walking through the journey of COVID and things like that. And I just want to say, you know what, we've done and are doing everything right and all that sort of stuff. But I've just been stirred to say, you know what, the actual instruction to anoint and to lay hands is an instruction of God's word. And it is actually an essential part of the body of Christ operating. And so obviously everybody registers when they come into the room from downstairs. I really hope you're continually doing that. But basically that enables there to be that contact traceable and all that kind of stuff. It's safe, right? But also today when we pray for people and anoint people with oil, every person praying is going to have a mask on. And then there's going to be the opportunity for anyone coming up who wants to wear a mask, you can. There'll be them available to put on. There'll be hand sanitizer for you. Then the team praying will hand sanitize between praying for people. We'll do everything that we can do naturally, but we should not. I believe where we are now and where things are going, we should not remain, refrain from actually impartation and laying in of hands and going where the Word of God instructs us to go. If a brothel can open and can have 100 plus patrons doing whatever they want, however they want to do it, I'm not judging it, but if that is condoned, then I'm sorry, you cannot not condone the reality of healthy biblical practices that enable people to know freedom and life and healing. I'm not, I'm not anti anything. I'm just saying we just got to have some good alignment and wisdom. And I actually believe that it's time. It's time. People are crying out. Your souls and our spirits are crying out for the impartation and the fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. It's been 12 months or more. And I feel like what's happened is God sort of just, and I've got to be real quick, but gave me kind of that understanding where they got the, the, the virgins with the oil lamps and they, they trimmed the lamps and they trimmed the lamps to enable the flame to last to get them through that night season, to get them through the period from when the, the bridegroom would open the door. But what happened is, is you trim your lamps and if you don't have enough oil, what happens is your flame will go out. And here the Bible is telling us, instructing us to fan into flame the gift of God, it says 2 Timothy, through the laying on of hands. He actually says, if anybody is sick, call the elders, anoint them with oil. 
so that they will be healed, right? And I feel like we've had to trim our lamps to a degree because we realise there isn't the hands-on ministry. We're doing what we can in the right way to enable us to keep having services and great God-filled worship and stuff like that. But it's time to put fresh oil in the lamp so we're not having to trim the flame, but the flame can fire and be a light as bright and as abundant that God would lead us. And as God leads us into things, but if we don't have fresh oil, we're going to be timid to step into what God wants us to step into because we're looking at the lack of oil but the ask that God wants us to do but we're looking at the lack we're looking at the feeling I don't know if I have enough for the season I'm stepping into but if we would just get more oil then we don't need to worry about the strength of the flame the flame will fire on if we get the oil and it's easy to remain clean in the season but actually not feel like we are equipped and clothed the way we're called to see God's promises and his purpose are not possible without the Holy Spirit Jesus wasn't talking to a whole bunch of randoms. He was talking to his disciples who had healed the sick. They had seen dead raised. They had multiplied food. They had been given Jesus' authority to move and to act. And yet he still said to them, before you go, you need to stay and be clothed. How much more do we? How much more do I? Come on, need to be in a place where I am freshly clothed, freshly equipped. And my question, and this is my one challenge for us, but it's a real one, and I challenge myself with it just as much, is this, if... I can live my Christian walk if I can go about my Christian life without being clothed, without being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Am I living truly as a disciple and a follower of Christ or am I just living as a decision for Christ? So we can live as a decision for Christ and not be clothed. We can be clean. When we choose Christ, He cleans us, renews us. We're born again, made whole. The Holy Spirit then actually dwells within us. But there's another thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we can know Christ as a decision and and have the cleanse and all that. But are we equipped to go out to the house? Are we equipped to go out into the world? Are we equipped to go into the marketplace? Are we equipped to go in and to lead in our family? Are we equipped to go and forgive those that hurt us? Are we equipped to go and take steps of faith? Are we equipped to be able to respond how God leads us to respond? Because if we're not clothed, we're not going to have the power to be able to do it. And we're going to do it in our ability. But Christ said, not by my might, nor by my power, but by my spirit. I want you to not be someone trimming your lamps. I want your flame to be ablaze. If the disciples needed it, how much more do we need it? See, in the refreshing power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I believe healing takes place. I'm believing for healing this morning. I'm believing for healing for you at home. I'm believing for healing to go down. Doesn't Matthew 8, uh, sorry, Matthew 10, verse 8, uh, says this incredible things. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy. Wow, cleanse those who have a contagious disease. Just putting it out there. Drive out demons, freely you have received, so freely give. Don't hold it to yourself, that what you have, give away, go about it, get into it. James 5, 14 says, If any one of you is sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will rise them up. He will rise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. How amazing is that? The more we anoint people, the more freedom of not just healing of a disease or not just healing of a heart, but actually healing of a soul will take place and a spirit will take place. Phenomenal connection right there. And um, 
And I was just thinking about it, that, that actually the healing that's going to take place today will be physical. Some of you are going to receive physical healings. But I also believe that some people here, you've been frustrated. You've been in a place of worry over this last season or going in, the reality of the job keeper and things shifting and adjusting. There's worry and there's fear that's coming back in. Holy Spirit wants to anoint you and He wants to free you from fear. He wants to free you from worry. He wants to take people out of expecting lack and expecting hardship and expecting things to go wrong. He wants to shift your perspective to expect favour, to expect God's leading, to expect His way, to make a way where there seems no way. He wants, some people have an expectation of failure. He doesn't want you to have an expectation of failure. He wants you to rise again to believe God's Word is true and you can build your heart and life upon it. There's areas of people who have anxiety and depression. Those aren't small things and it's not just like just pray and walk away, but I'm believing for an exchange to come today. I'm believing for something to happen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus' most common method of healing was laying on of hands. The most common way. The second thing, there'll be healing, there'll be an empowerment, there'll be a commissioning. There'll be an empowerment and a commissioning. I love what um, Paul, the Apostle Paul is speaking here to Timothy. And he says, um, he says this, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. How good's that? So good. So do not be ashamed to testify. Sorry, I can't stop there because it gets like good. Like, like it just goes like, that's good. Like there's it goes. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything that we've done, but because of the one whose purpose and grace has come through Jesus. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it is now being revealed through the appearance of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death. Who has destroyed death. <laughs> and has brought life and immorality to light through the Gospel. The Gospel. And this Gospel, I was appointed a herald, someone to make it public, and an apostle and a teacher. And this is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed. There's going to be an empowerment. Come on, I believe that in the season we're going into, there needs to be a fresh, a fresh empowerment for every person, a fresh commissioning of the things of God. You've got stuff stirring in your heart. God's put it there. But it can't just happen out of good thought now. Oh, no, I can't, no, I've got an idea of what God wants me to do. No, it's, it's, He wants to put the idea there and then He wants to be the one that outworks and enables it to be possible. And so I'm really believing that as we do that, it's going to be like a Saul to Paul moment. Where Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? On the road to Damascus in Acts 9, he sends Ananias to go and to lay hands on him and pray that he would see. And I believe as we pray for people that God has put in your spirit, He's actually going to command ability to see, a new sight, an ability to move forward in that. And the last thing is divine access. Divine access. All right? Healing, empowerment, commissioning, and divine access. See, Jesus, He gets baptized. Holy Spirit comes down on him. He's then immediately led by the Spirit into the desert where he leads. He walks in, Luke tells us. In Luke 4, you can read it. Got it here, but for time, I can't read all through it. But basically, he says he walks, goes into the desert full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. He left the Jordan, went into the wilderness. And then it says, after the 40 days, he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. 
And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everybody praised him. Wow. And then it goes on to say that the first message he spoke in Luke 4, 18 is that the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, Isaiah 61. Come on, because He's anointed me to pray good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim, proclaim, proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And I believe it. I honestly believe it. That in this moment that God wants us to actually have divine access into the things He wants us to lead into that will enable there to be freedom and divine exchange for others. Do you know that even before Jesus came and did what He did, that the Old Testament, that they had their inner courts and the sanctuary and they had to sacrifice animals for the atonement of people's sins. The priest that was allowed into the inner courts had to be anointed. Moses anointed his sons and the priest that would go in that you could not enter into the divine unless you were anointed. Why did they go into the divine? They didn't go into the divine for themselves of the inner sanctuary. They went into the divine inner room for others, for others. Nanga Yeratu, what is this year that we're declaring? It's a year of others. And if we're going to go into what God wants us to go into, and we want to go into and step into where God wants to lead us to step into, we actually need the anointing of God's presence and His power because it's not for us, it's actually for others. It's for the freedom of others, it's for the healing of others, it's for the transformation of others, but it's not by our might nor by our power, but it's by His Spirit. I hope this is making sense. Everyone, for God, where God is leading us this year as a church and continually, we need the anointing. We need the power of God. Not just, oh, well, I, I trust that you know the, the leaders and the, and the leadership team are really carrying it. No, no. No, no, we all need the anointing. We all need to be equipped. We all need to be ready to hear from God and respond how He's leading us all to respond. Trust me, I'm ready to respond. We're stepping out in big ways. And it's incredibly exciting to know that you're only there out of the boat because of what God is leading and the Holy Spirit is doing. But that can't be for a few. It actually needs to be for all of us. He said this is not just for a few. It's for every single person. Where we're leading, where He's leading, we need the divine exchange and divine access. I want to leave this question with us all before we just worship. Team, come and join me. Thanks so much. The question is not how much of the Holy Spirit we can get or have access to. The question is, how much does the Holy Spirit have access to me? How much of the Holy Spirit can I get? I want to get more. I want to get more. It's not about how much of the Holy Spirit we can get. It's about how much of us the Holy Spirit has access to. And I really pray that that's just our exchange today again, whether you're at home and you're in the room here, as we pray for people and as we believe no one's going to do anything that's not expected they're simply going to pray and declare healing wherever there needs healing empowerment filling a divine exchange with the Holy Spirit and that you would be in this season led into a divine realm God is going to enable you to be able to go where He wants you to go but then the onflow, the effectiveness is at a level you've never experienced before and it's not about a bless me club, but it's about His kingdom come and His be in the way that He designed it to be done. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.